Praise the Lord. I mean, freely receive, freely give. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me see where I'm going to pick, off, pick up at here. Let's, let's do a little uh, backup here just a second. Um, Genesis, like I say, to Revelation, it's a time frame. It's wonderful. Praise the Lord. I would encourage you to get a chance when you're not doing anything on your phone. Go to YouTube and look up uh, Young Earth Evidence. Look up Dinosaurs and Man together. It'll shock you. You'll go, I knew Puff the Magic Dragon was real. I knew it. You know? But I mean, it's funny because what's funny is you'll find out, and it's common all civilizations. It's not just, see, we've tried to say, just the Chinese. Oh, come on. The British flag has got, he's on there too. The British knew about it. The Romans knew it. The Romans had a sword that had a brontosaurus on it. I'm not listening. I'm not going to listen. <laughs> you got to quit that. I'm telling you, the Bible's so, praise the Lord. The Bible is on our side. Fossils are not made by something that just died. It was a, a disaster. There wasn't no comet either. You know, Comet hit. Well, show me where the comet hit. Besides, there's a bunch of ice. It was a meteorite then. What? No evidence of that. No evidence of that. It's just pretty cool. You know, um, Saturn's losing its rings. So you can go, I'm going to start marking right now. Boom. All right, you have a marker. Guess what? There's not billions of years. Saturn's rings would have been, well, they wouldn't have been there. They would have been, there's clocks that are ticking out there. You know, women and me too, I like to keep the house clean, you know. Our solar system has got debris out there. We can call it meteorite clouds, whatever. That stuff, if it was billions of years, it should have already been swept up. The sun, you can actually, you get lost in some of this stuff. And you'll go, you'll read about the sun. I mean, not just any old clowny stuff, but look at evidence about a young sun. You could do that. And you'll go, oh my gosh, there's certain elements that are supposed to have been gone by now. They've got it now down to where it's less than 10,000. I'm not listening. I'm not. Yes, you're listening. Come on. The Bible's true. Praise the Lord. If that sun is less than 10,000 years old, I'd be going, I need to rehearse a little bit more history. Who else has got some history? It's about 10,000 years old. Your Bible. Your Bible does. I mean, Jesus is like they say, Lord, lunatic, or liar. And we know he's not a liar. But boy, he stuck his neck out there. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Well, he just endorsed Genesis right then. He said, in the beginning, they made them male and female. Well, he just endorsed Genesis right there. Wow. Okay, so anyway, Genesis to Revelation, this is not just a spiritual book. It's not really, it's really not. You get spiritual things out of it, but it's a history timeline. Okay, what we're going to look at this morning is this is so amazing. We're going to go back to Pharaoh for a moment. So let's watch this. Uh, let's go to Exodus. Let my people go. Okay, we know that. Exodus chapter 1. This lists the sons of Jacob who accompanied him to Egypt. Now, you reckon that's spiritual or do you reckon that's history? It's history. Look at this. So here's all the folks. The total number who went with him was 70. Joseph was already there. Anyway, notice real quickly. Meanwhile, their descendants were very fertile, increasing rapidly in numbers. We know what that is. You raise rabbits, you know. We're raising people here. But come on in, Laura. We've been missing you, girl. Come on. Okay. All right. So meanwhile, their descendants were, became very fertile. They became a large nation. They're in the land of Goshen. Got it. Okay. Eventually, a new, as Pharaoh, a new king came to the throne who felt no obligation to the sons of, let's read it, obligation to the descendants of Joseph. Boy, look at this. Look what he says. Man, these Israelis are becoming dangerous to us. Sound like anything we hear today on the news? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Israelis have a territory now. They have a nation. And everybody around them is hostile. Wow. 
Let's figure out a way to look, put an end to this. They wanted to kill him. If we don't, war breaks out. They're going to join our enemies and they're going to escape. So the Egyptians made, here it is, slaves out of them. Now, unfortunately, you know, I mean, oh, oh. And uh, Patrick loaned me the Ten Commandments thing, which is, it's a good movie and stuff like that. But they have a Hollywood slant on it. They make this whole story about slavery. It's not about slavery. It's about Egypt. It's about Israelites coming out from under slavery. But it's not talking about everybody everywhere. You know, oh, we can't have no slavery. Oh, you know, who is he? Start Jefferson had slaves. Throw him out. You know, Washington had slaves. Throw him out. Are you kidding? Can't do that. It's not about slavery. It's about God's promise to Abraham. Abraham had already told them, "You're going to the promised land." Remember that. Now, these guys knew that. Joseph knew. Joseph made them swear that you're going to take my bones out of here. And uh, it's so amazing. I, I could never write this and get this uh, as if I had been drinking or something. There's no way. Okay, anyway so, anyway, so they made slaves out of them, put brutal taskmasters over them to wear them down under heavy burdens while they were building their fake cities that we have no record of. Oh, yes, we do. Pitham and Ramses, hello. Okay, but the more the Egyptians mistreated and oppressed them, the more the Israelis seemed to multiply. Now, what can we get out of that? Abraham's blessing is yours. I, and this hit the fan right here, and it was horrible, but God got them out. Okay, the Egyptians became alarmed. Why were they alarmed? We ain't having no miscarriages. We're not losing no kids. Anyway, they made the Hebrew slavery worse and worse. Finally, look at this. Look how righteous Pharaoh is. You know, everything happens is the Lord's will. No, it's not. Are you kidding? Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, instructed the Hebrew midwives. Their names were fake. No, it wasn't. It's like Sharon and Pam. Okay, Shifra and Pua. To kill the Hebrew boys as soon as they were born. But the midwives, look at this. Oh, you got to do whatever the law says. I've heard that preachers. But if the law changes, says we're supposed to drive 120 miles an hour, you got to drive 120 miles an hour. No, whatever. If the law says don't read your Bible no more, can't be reading your Bible. Oh, baloney. Come on. The midwives feared God and didn't obey the king. Wow. <clears throat> I was listening to good old Andy Griffin last night, and he, had, he told Opie that you, if, you, if Opie, now if you promise your friends, you know, that you're not going to squeal on them, you need to keep that promise. Well, a little while later... Another one of his friends shows up who had run away, and, and he goes, well, Paul, I'm not going to say nothing, you know. <laughs> anyway, so Barney and Andy got involved, whatever, and Opie got mad later. He says, Paul, you told me not to do nothing. He says, you said this is the laws, and you're not supposed to do it. And he said, well, son, suppose there was a sign out there that said no swimming. And a little boy went out there, and he was swimming, and he started to drown. And his friend was on the bank. Should he holler for help? Or what? And he was saying, these laws are made to bend a little bit, you know. So anyway, but, you, but some people are just so rigid, you know. Oh, uh, can't go to church no more. Oh, please. The king says don't go to church or your government says don't go to church. Man, you, you read your Bible, shall we say, whatever. Okay. okay. All right. So anyway, the Hebrew children, look what they did. This is interesting. I didn't even get to one I want to get to. Uh, uh, let's see. They feared God and they let the boys live. The king summoned them. Boy, he demanded. You think he was nice? No, he was ugly. Why have you disobeyed my command? Let the baby boys live. Now, you know, they, now, now, they lied here. I mean... Uh, the Hebrew women have their babies so quickly, we can't get there in time. Right. Yeah. They're not slow like the, like the Egyptian women. Look at this. God bless the midwives. So you can see what kind of hell was breaking loose right here. Okay, let's speed ahead. Now we know what's going to happen. I'm going to go to the fourth chapter here because when Moses is getting recruited, you know, 
Now remember, Moses didn't want to go. Now, if you've seen that little cartoon where Moses is in the bathtub and he's practicing split the rib, that's a joke. Moses didn't want to go. He wouldn't. And we make it all about Moses. Moses, Moses. Moses, it's all about Jesus and Moses. But the Lord shows favor to Moses. Moses didn't have these whoopee-doo powers or nothing. It was all the Lord. Anyway, notice uh, Moses is saying, oh gosh, I don't want to go. I can't speak. And the Lord says, who makes mouths? You got an arm that's hurting today? You got a leg hurting? Who makes legs? Is not it I, you know? Anyway, but anyway, Lord, I mean, the Lord actually got angry. Oh, Jesus needs to go to anger management thing here. You know, you can hack the Lord off. <laughs> you can read the stories and find it. You can read in the book of, of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. They hacked Jesus off. They told, Pharisees told Jesus one time, said, you better get out of here. Herod's going to kill you. And Jesus said, you go tell that fox. <gasps> Jesus called that guy. Oh, he called him a dirty word. Called him a fox. He called some of them snakes. Called them hypocrites. He called them fools too. But see, sometimes you'll hear from the pulpit. If you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of hell. Jesus turned right around and he called him a fool. So what are you going to do? Use your head. You think through all this stuff. Quit thinking rigid and thinking that I only live based on one passage of Scripture that I've ever read in my life. No, 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 no. Read the whole thing. Keep reading and you'll catch it. You'll catch it. Because you're a fool if you don't believe the Lord. You know, you're, the Scripture says that you know, we're fools if we say there is no God. Okay. All right, anyway. So anyway, he says, okay, your brother is a good speaker. I'll, we'll just use him. Okay, but anyway, uh, let's skip down a little bit more. I wanna, he's on his way. And the Lord says, when you arrive in Egypt, you're to go to Pharaoh, do the miracles I've shown you, but I'll make him stubborn, and he'll not let the people go. Now, that was for a reason, okay? All right. Then you're to tell him, Jehovah is my eldest son. This is what we're going to look at today. Israel's original name was Jacob. It was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There were two actually born. He had a twin named Esau. Anyway, the Lord calls him my eldest son, which is important in the Old Testament. Well, I still today, the first son gets a lot of credit, whatever. <laughs> oh, we had a baby boy, you know, and whatever. It's the first one. He said, and I've commanded you to let him go. Worship me. You have refused. Look at this. And now I will see, and now see, I will slay your eldest son. Oh, no. Well, that's mean of the We just got through reading. Pharaoh wanted all the baby boys killed. Okay, so now let's skip ahead. Now, I'm going to skip all the way. This goes so fast, but let's watch this. Uh, by the time we get to the 12th chapter, this is, this is um, let me get into it just a little bit. Let's get to the tail end of the 11th chapter. Um, I want to, let's end the 10th chapter. Right here, this is, I think this is hail. Yeah. Uh, notice this. Uh, Jehovah, the God of the Hebrews, says, How long are you going to refuse to submit? Let my people go. They come worship me. If you refuse, I'm going to cover the whole nation with a thick uh, layer of, of locusts. You're not even going to be able to see the ground. They're going to, they'll finish destroying everything that escaped the hail. Now, remember, just the day before was hail. But see, we have heard these things never happened. They're myths. We're going to be in a real jam in a minute because we've heard of the firstborn, we've heard of the Passover, and we've heard that, well, it really didn't happen. That, it did happen this way. The Lord thinks it happened this way. He was there. And I want to encourage you, the more you go over these things and the more you believe that the Lord took care of all these things, just like he stated, all of a sudden you'll turn around and all these blessings are going to be chasing you down. Because you're, you're well, let's just watch what he says. They're going to come in your palace, just like the frogs and the flies, in your homes and the lice. Oh, how nasty that was. And there never in history has there been a plague like this one. 
Look at this. Then Moses, huh, Moses, you need to go to anger management. He stalked out. Roll tide. I'm glad. Show a little. Get him. The court officials now came to Pharaoh and said, are you going to destroy us completely? Now, this is not Moses. These are the people that work with Pharaoh. They're going, are you going to let this guy destroy us all? Don't you even know that all Egypt lies in ruins? <laughs> they have been wiped out. Another thing you need to think about, too. You know, if they just kind of didn't do nothing to them, the Egyptians would have come after them and creamed them when they left. But, of course, remember what happened? They did come after them, and they got killed in the sea. The sea collapsed on them. Anyway, the court officials, they said, are you going to destroy us completely? Don't you know that even all Egypt lies in ruins? Let the people go and serve Jehovah their God. So Moses and Aaron, hey, y'all come back in here. <laughs> it still didn't work. Pharaoh got ticked off again. All right, serve Jehovah your God. But who do you want to go? Well, we'll go with our sons and daughters and herds, Moses replied. We'll take everything with us. We must all join in the holy pilgrimage. In the name of God. What God? Whatever God they had. I'll not let you take your little ones. Pharaoh retorted, I see your plot. Never. You that our men go and serve Jehovah. That's what you asked for. And they were driven from Pharaoh's presence. Well, here come the locusts. <laughs> Man, they just wiped out that place. The Lord said, hold out your hand. I mean, if we're not willing to believe this, we don't need to believe anything else in the Bible. We don't need to believe about Jesus either because Jesus references all this stuff too. Jesus is, uh, let's go, let me go jump over here a second. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to 17. Look at this. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, on top of a high mountain. As they watched, his appearance changed so his face shone like the sun. His clothes became dazzling white. Don't you remember the story where Moses said, I want to see you in your glory? And the Lord says, well, I'll just put you in the cleft of the rock and I'll put my hand over you. See, when he would appear other times, it wasn't in his glory and, and they could take it. Okay. But anyway, suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and were talking with him. Luke's account. I don't have time to go there. But Luke, this same story is in Luke. And Peter saw him, and Moses and Elijah's clothes were glowing too. Praise the Lord. When we all pass out of here, we're absent from the body, present with the Lord. And we're going to put on a new body, praise the Lord. Okay, Peter blurted out, it's wonderful for us to be here, but I just want you to see here, notice Moses. Well, we can't have no Moses in there because none of that stuff happened. Well, yeah, it did too. I go back to uh, Exodus here. So that put us at the, we were looking at the 8th chapter there. I think I want to keep growing, going here. Uh, that was, that was, see how quick it goes there? Frogs there. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. That was the plague of the cattle. I can name all of them. Praise the Lord. But we ought to all. Look at, so in the 10th chapter, look at this. Go back again. Make your demand on Pharaoh. But I've hardened his heart and his officials. Notice this. So that I can do more miracles demonstrating my powers. What stories you can tell your children. Well, Lord, I can't tell these because we're going to grow up in a world where we believe in evolution and we believe in this and we also believe in the, the rabbis that told us that this never did happen come on those same rabbis are the ones that gave jesus fits of course he called them fools <laughs> he said who warned you you know this did happen all right anyway so here's what happened so all of a sudden we get all the way down look at this i'm going to send one more disaster and after that he's going to let you go he'll be so anxious to get rid of you he'll practically throw you out of the country look at this Tell all the, women, the men and women of Israel to ask their Egyptian neighbors for gold and silver. See, this happened. This is why Pharaoh got all mad. Because they, well, this is, let me catch the details here. So anyway, uh, this was the Passover. 
Notice he said, from now on, it's going to be the most important uh, uh, time of the year for you. You're going to have a fest. You're going to have a feast about this. Everybody's going to get a lamb, and he goes into the details about this. But let's skip on down here. The death angel already took place. Uh, Notice what he says here. Uh, Jehovah will pass through the land, kill the Egyptians, but when he sees the blood on the mantle, on the top door, and on the side pieces, he will pass over, that's what it is, the home, and not permit the destroyer to enter and kill. Notice that phrase, firstborn. Remember, it's a permanent law for you and your posterity. How can we have a permanent law for something that never existed? It never happened. It did happen. You try to talk to the Israels or anybody about there's no such thing as Passover. Like, oh my gosh. Now, they'll water it down and say, well, you know, no, this is where it comes from. All right, here we go. Let's go on down here. So here we go. At, here's the history. At that night, at midnight, Jehovah killed the firstborn. Catch that word, firstborn sons in the land of Egypt. From Pharaoh's oldest son to the oldest son of the captive in the dungeon. All the firstborn, golly, all the animals got it too. Yeah. Then Pharaoh and his officials and all the people of Egypt got up in the night. There was bitter crying throughout the land of Egypt. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. I feel sorry for them. Whoa! They had made brutal taskmasters over the Israelis. They had thrown all the boys to the water. Wanted them all killed. Wanted those two ladies to kill them when they were born. They didn't do it. I mean, this is, this is us. This is God's people here. Look how God takes care of us. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron in the night and said, Leave us. Please go away. All of you, go and serve Jehovah. Take your flocks, herds, be gone. Look at that. Oh, give me a blessing as you go. Wow. Okay. Uh, For they said, We're all as good as dead. Israel took with them. Look what they did. They took with them. They were just homeless, like Jesus. Jesus is homeless. Jesus was a poor guy. Oh, please, read your Bible. He was not poor. They weren't gambling over dirty underwear at the cross. They didn't even want to rip up that long thing he had on because it was valuable. Romans, not Jews, they wanted that. The Christians had scattered. They were scared. They thought Jesus is dead. They weren't going, hey, I'm here to defend my buddy Jesus. No, they were terrified. They'd already run off. So who was gambling over these dirty clothes? Remember the Bible after they put a crown of thorns on him and they put a robe on him and everything? They took that off and they put his clothes back on him again. And they gambled for his clothes. Look at this. The people of Israel did as Moses asked, and the Egyptians, they asked the Egyptians for silver and gold, silver and gold jewelry and clothing. The Lord said this in chapter 2. Or 3, right up front. So they gave them whatever they wanted. Look at that. The Egyptians were practically stripped of everything they owned. Now, if you think about abundant life and how God makes a difference between you and those of your friends that you're witnessing to, you're going to see that take place. And your friends are going to see that. They're going to go, well, golly, Bob, God's taking care of Abby all the time. That's the only thing. Abby must be right. This stuff about Jesus she mentions must be true. It's working for her. Not working for me, but it's working for her, they'll be saying. Yeah, it's called abundant life. It didn't just happen to everybody. That night, that night, you know, a story that never happened, it did happen. The people of Israel left Ramses. They started towards Succoth. They were 600,000 of them. Here it is, besides the women and children. So do the math. These were soldiers, 600 men. So do the math. They all had mamas. They had kinfolk, whatever. And that's where you get 6 million. You could say 3 million, whatever. All Atlanta, whatever. Look at that. A vast exodus of what? We're going to take Lily Flag with us. It's more than Lily Flag. It's all these cattle. They took everything. Anyway, and notice this. When they stopped to eat, they baked bread with yeastless dough. Ever heard of unleavened bread? Ho, ho. I'm a Christian. Unleavened bread. Uh, do you not know why it's unleavened? 
a story that never happened. It did happen. Look at behind it. It was useless, though, that they brought the people because they were the people were pushed out of Egypt and didn't have time to wait. So every year they have this this celebration and they don't eat any they don't eat any leavened bread. Why? Because it's to remind them that they got up in a hurry and got out of there. The psalmist wrote he wrote about this too. One of them did, and he says Psalm seventy eight. He said there was not one feeble one among them. Wow. And he also, they were loaded with silver and gold. Mentions that too. The sons of Jacob and their descendants lived in Egypt 430 years. It was on the last day of the 430th year that the people left. The Lord selected uh, by, anyway, that night, this night was selected by the Lord to bring his people out of the land of Egypt. So the same night was selected as the annual celebration of a fable. No, it happened. Of God's deliverance. Then Jehovah said to Moses and Aaron, these are the rules concerning the Passover. We're not going to get into those, but I want you to see where we're at. This just happened. Okay, now look at this. So all the people of Israel followed Jehovah's instructions to Aaron. That very day, they, the, the Lord brought out the people of Israel from the land of Egypt, and wave after wave of them we're crossing the border. Can you imagine that? It was a vast exodus. Now watch this. We don't go to summer school and quit camps over with. We can't read the Bible for another three years. Oh, please. This is what's got us in trouble. The Lord instructed Moses. This was the next thing. Now here's where we go with the first point. Dedicate to me the firstborn sons of Israel. You ever heard of the Levites? That's why the Lord set up the whole tribe of Levi. Because the firstborn, the Lord always said the firstborn are mine. But anyway, he's going to tell us here, and the firstborn of every cow, cattle, whatever their animal, they belong to the Lord. Okay. Then, then Moses said to the people, this is a day to remember forever. However, we as whatever background you and I come from, what? well, I, d I didn't know. Somebody should have, well, I should have been reading my own Bible. But doggone it, I've been in church. Why couldn't that silly guy keep us all straight? Well, there's reasons he didn't. He got busy, and we also had a committee that was regulating who we had in there. And yeah, it just. All right. This was a day to remember, the day of. Yeah, but Lord, it never happened. Look, they're, they're marching at this time. It was going on right here. All right. The Lord brought you out, well, look at this, with mighty miracles. Now, remember, during the annual celebration of this event, you're to use no yeast. Don't even have it in your homes. Why? Well, he's going to tell you. Celebrate this day of your exodus at the end of March, hence why we have Easter and the Passover is when? Right in that time frame. So we can see our own evidence of this. Look at this. When Jehovah brings you into the land of the Canaanites, in other words, you're going to the promised land. The land he promised your fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. Can you imagine this today? Think about this. Your problems, whatever. Abby was mentioning some things. The same things happened to me, whatever. And it's just great wherever you go. Promised land. Promised land. Lord's going to fix this. Hallelujah. I'm watching. I'm going to the promised land. I remember this week I had a meeting and I was dreading it. And I was starting to fall for that unbelief and going, oh, man. I don't. And, and first thing out of my mouth, I just said, this, I'm going to the promised land. <laughs> I'm going to the promised land. Went in that meeting and it was fantastic. Praise the Lord. Anyway, seven days you're going to eat no bread with yeast. There must be no yeast in your homes. And today we'll go, yes, I'm not eating this. It's Lent. I'm celebrating Lent. And they have no idea what they're doing. Oh, I know what Lent is. Saint so-and-so back in the eight. No, it's not that saint. It's all the way back to Egypt is where it comes from. All right, anyway. Then on the seventh day, there's a great feast. You mean a great depressing day because we got to go to church. Oh, please. It's a great feast. During those celebration days each year, you must explain to your children, and here's where we've blown it. 
First off, we didn't know anything good was happening. It's a celebration of what the Lord did for you when you left Egypt. The annual memorial week will brand you as his own unique people. Don't we belong to the Lord? Yeah. Just as he branded his mark of ownership on your hands or your forehead. Wow. You know, it's so interesting. We worry about 666. Even I think last week or something, I had some calculations, some dollars showed up and it was like 666. And people always go, ooh. You know, we have a mark. We've been marked. You've been marked by the Lord. Anyway, so the annual, the celebration of this event annually in late March. Celebrate it, that is. And remember, when the Lord brings you, well, Lord, you're not going to do it. You never, yes, he did too. All the firstborn sons and firstborn male animals belong to the Lord. You'll give them to him. Are you kidding? Does mean I got to give Dustin to the Lord? Well, let's watch. A firstborn donkey can be purchased back from the Lord in exchange for a lamb or a baby goat. If you decide not to trade, the donkey shall be killed. However, you must, look at that, you must buy back your firstborn sons. God, how much did it cost? Because see, we think religion's involved. Yeah, that old priest, he's evil, whatever. Man wrote a, it was a dollar and a quarter. And if you didn't have a dollar and a quarter, there was a way you still could get it back. Man, I tell you, the Bible's not about your money. God don't need your money. He wants you to use your money to show that you trust him. That's all that's about. It's not about, well, the church is going to go broke. Oh, my gosh, the preacher can't pay the bills. Oh, no. We don't need to be preaching if that's where we're going because I need Jesus. Well, I don't need Jesus because he can't take care of the church. Yes, praise the Lord, he can't. Takes care of all of it. In the future, when your children ask you, what's all this about? You're going to say, with mighty... No, I can't say that because it never happened. Oh, yes, you will. With mighty miracles, Jehovah brought us out of Egypt from our slavery. Pharaoh wouldn't let us go. So Jehovah killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of Egypt, both men and animals. That's why we give. There it is. That's why we give our firstborn males to the Lord. Except the eldest sons are always bought back. So Dustin would be saying, I'm bought back. (laughs) You know. But anyway, but anyway, again, I say this celebration shall this celebration shall identify you as God's people, as if uh, just as much as if His brand of ownership was placed on your foreheads. It's a reminder that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with great power. Now, think just a minute. I don't care what your troubles are and stuff, but good grief, this is in your Bible. We're reading something out of your Bible. It is a waste of time if it's not for us. Oh, it is for us today. First Corinthians chapter five says the Lord is our Passover. Tied together, isn't it? So at last, and, and besides this, uh, I think it's down in here somewhere, uh, a bunch of other people weren't even, shall we say, Christians or whatever. They're Jews. They went with them. They're like, I'm going with y'all. <laughs> I want to serve y'all's God. And the Lord said, that's fine. They're called foreigners. Okay. God didn't lead them through the land of the Philistines, although that was the most direct route from Egypt to the promised land. The reason was God felt the people might become discouraged by having to fight their way through. Look at this. Even though, look at this. They had left Egypt armed. They didn't go out like a bunch of peasants. Praise the Lord. We're going to wrap this up here. Though he thought they might return to Egypt, instead God led them along the route through the Red Sea wilderness. Uh Uh-oh, where'd that come from? That's the reason if you were writing this book, you would have forgot about it. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had made the sons of Israel vow before God that they would take his bones with them. No, wait, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. See, everybody knew they were going to get out of Egypt one day. But it all got depressing. They probably thought it never going to happen. Remember how many years was it we just seen? It had been 400 years. But now all that 400 wasn't bad. It was only the last 
let's see, we have the record of Moses. And how old was he when the Lord finally started using, well, uses all. But he was 40 when he left, uh, when he, well, he's born in chapter 2, okay. And the Bible says he was 80 when the Lord talked to him at Mount Sinai, whatever it was. 80 years old. It's only been 80 years, 80 of the 400 and something. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel vow before God that they would take his bones with him when God led them out of Egypt. Now, how in the world did Joseph know that was going to happen? He knew from his grandpa. His grandpa had told him. He knew. I, and don't forget who Joseph was. Read that story, the last seven chapters of Genesis. Oh, my gosh. You talk about having the finest card in the land. He was second to Pharaoh. He was the prime minister to Pharaoh. Well, that never happened again. Yes, it did, Daniel. Daniel basically was a coat of many colors. He got kicked out. He and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they lost their moms, their dads, and they wound up serving somebody they didn't like. But actually, later on, Daniel liked him. Actually, he liked him from the start. They were trying to, and Nebuchadnezzar's evil staff was trying to get Daniel killed. I tell you, everywhere you go, you're going to be blessed. Just get used to it. Get used to it. Quit saying, I want to go back to Egypt. No, 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 no. you got everything you need right here. As, as, as he was sure God would. You know, this comes up again when, when Joshua brought him in the promised land. Somebody had been hauling them bones. And they said, nah, I think we can set these things down. Now we're here. Okay. Leaving Succoth, they camped at them at the edge of the wilderness. God guided them, the Lord did, by the pillar of cloud during the daytime, by a pillar of fire by night. So they traveled either by day or night. The fire cloud was, was never out of sight. Okay, now, now we're going to wrap this up. We're going to watch this real slow. I mean, real quick. Excuse me. Here we go. Watch it. Jehovah, now, we don't read this 10 years later. Now, see, they ain't even got through the water yet. The Pharaoh's right behind them, devastated. Tell the people to turn toward, we're going to say Arab, between, you know, Decatur and whatever in the sea. Opposite of Belzeon and to camp there along the shore. For Pharaoh, look at this. Notice how God knows your enemies are going to come after you. Don't worry about it. God knows who's coming after you. Pharaoh will think, now watch what he thinks. This is good history. Those Israelites are trapped between the desert and the sea. And once again, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart and he'll chase after you. I've planned this, look at this, to get great honor and glory over Pharaoh and all his armies. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Another point, I didn't bring it out, but it's in one of the other chapters, probably the 10th chapter right in there. He said, the Lord did this to tell the world. And what have we been doing as Christians? Well, I know it's in the Bible, but it's really, it's a place marker. It's mythological. It really, you're going to do the same thing to the resurrection if you do that. No, 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 no. You do the same thing to creation. Well, you know, it it was a big bang, you know. All the while, science is on the back of the Bible, but we've heard that, you know, if you have a scientist in there, he's, are you kidding? Just, just look at these things yourself, you'll figure them out. Okay. Once again, I'll harden Pharaoh's heart. He's going to chase after you. I've planned this to get great army, to get great to glory. Over Pharaoh and his, Egypt will know I'm the Lord. So they were camped where they were told. Word reached, now look what this Pharaoh thinks. Word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelis were not planning to return to Egypt after three days. Now think of this. The Lord had told Moses, tell him, tell him you're going to go to the promised land for three days. Lord, are you inferring a little bit of a half-truth there? Probably. You know, his brothers, Jesus' brothers, in the sixth chapter of John, they said, why don't you go up to Jerusalem? Jesus said, eh, it's not my time. So his brothers left, and as soon as they left, Jesus 
he went. <laughs> so he basically told his brothers, nah, I'm not going right now. Your time's any time, not my time. So as soon as they left the room, he go, he said, let's go. People get all bent out of shape, you know, sometimes. He told a lie. That's not being truthful. I'm going to go to hell. Might be a strategy. Okay. When word reached the king of Egypt as Pharaoh, the Israelis, Israelis were not planning to return to Egypt, but keep on going. Pharaoh and his staff became bold. What is this we have done letting these slaves get away? Then Pharaoh led the chase. Boy, he's in his Mercedes, wasn't he? Followed by the pick of Egypt's, Egypt's chariot corps, 600 chariots in all, and other chariots driven by the Egyptian officers. He pursued the people of Israel. For Look at that. Look at that. Can you read that? For they had taken much of the wealth of Egypt. <laughs> the book of Proverbs written by Solomon, who would know? He got so blessed financially because of the Lord. He said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for what? The righteous. And it'll eventually wind its way, find its way in your hands. That's what's happening. But now you can be the Christian that goes, no, 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 no. No, no, I want to be broke, Lord. He'll go, okay, fine, be broke, whatever. He wants to pour it out on us. Amazing. And it's financial pouring out. Do you know, the, there's two chapters in 2 Corinthians talking about money. It's, it's actually talking about an offering. And he says, Jesus was made poor that you might be made rich. That was a financial scripture. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. I heard Jesus was poor. And money will ruin me. Yes. Money will, no, the Bible says money will ruin a fool. <laughs> All you got to do is keep trusting the Lord. Okay? Don't worry about the money part of it. You need the money aspect of it to show the world the wonderful things of the Lord. Plus, you got to pay your bills. Now, here's the problem. You'll go, no, 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 no. And then you got financial trouble. And you go, Lord, why is this happening to me? <laughs> He's like, if you would just trust me, I'll take care of you. Quit thinking money's bad. You know, it's not bad. It's if you love money because you can't serve both. Anyway, so that's what happened. They took much of the wealth of Egypt with them, Pharaoh's entire Calvary. Boy, he wiped that army out. That's the reason they didn't come after him anymore. Horses, chariots, charioteers were used in the chase. Now, let's watch this from history standpoint. <clears throat> the Egyptian army overtook the people of Israel as they were camped near the shore of wherever. Near wherever. Okay. The Egyptian army approached. The people saw them in the distance speeding after them. They were terrified. They cried out to the Lord to help them. Hey, that's smart right there. Uh-oh. And then they turned against Mona, Moses whining. Have you brought us out here to die in the desert because there weren't enough graves for us in Egypt? Oh, okay. Why'd you make us leave Egypt? Moses could have said, well, the Lord got you up. They weren't listening. Watch what Moses said. Isn't this what we told you? Leave us alone. We said it would be better for us to be slaves in Egypt than to be dead in the wilderness. Oh, I'm so glad God keeps his promise. <clears throat> Sometimes we say stupid things like that. Look what, the, look what Moses, Moses told the people. Don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch and you'll see the wonderful way the Lord... Well, I know you're reading ahead of me. Watch this. The Lord will rescue you today. The Egyptians you're looking at, you'll never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. You won't need to lift a finger. Then the Lord said to Moses, quit praying. <laughs> quit praying. Get the people moving. March forward. Use your rod. Hold it over the water. And the sea will open up a path for you. And the people of Israel shall walk through on dry ground. Oh, God, I wish the Lord didn't do this because it never happened. Now i got to explain to one of my friends that this, this is a mythological story. Would you stop that? Solomon, when he became king, uh, I think 600 years later, he went down here to this place and put up a monument 
where they crossed. It was shallow water. <laughs> so stupid. Dumb. If it was shallow water, why didn't the Egyptians come after them for the next 40 years and wipe them out? The Egyptians sure beat up the kings when they became kings 800, 900 years later when you had a bad king. The Egyptians, the Egyptians went up there and would attack Israel. Israel would have to pay taxes for years until a good king got involved. All right. He says, look at this. All Egypt's going to know I'm Jehovah. Wow. The angel of the Lord who was leading the people of Israel moved the cloud around behind them. Now, that's pretty cool. They were trapped, but now this big cloud goes... Now remember, we're talking Atlanta. It wasn't like... Well, there's only three of us. You know, a Christian church is small, you know, and there's only a few of us. This was all Atlanta. This had to be a huge cloud or, or a pillar by fire by night. Everybody saw it. It stood between the people of Israel and the Egyptians. At night, it changed to a pillar of fire. It gave, look at that, it gave darkness to the Egyptians, but light to the people of Israel. Except for the, the Israelites that were sassing their mama and stuff and, you know, ones who didn't have unconfessed sin that they took care of. Oh, would you please stop that? All these blessings were on all of us. They were on all of us. Quit singling yourself out because you think you've, you, you know, God somehow doesn't like you. God took this whole bunch out. And you heard one of them mouth off just, well, wait, wait, there's a, aren't there enough graves in Egypt? God took us out here to get killed. He still gave them light. Meanwhile, Moses stretched his rod over the sea. The Lord opened a path through the sea with walls of water, ankle deep. No, it wasn't either. It was huge. On both sides, a strong east wind blew all night, drying the sea bottom. Ain't that nice? Now, I'd have taken the mud. But they didn't have to walk through mud, praise the Lord. They walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the Egyptians, now, if you think about this, remember it was a vast exodus, cattle too. It wasn't like, boy, it's a tight squeeze up here. This was huge. Wow, what a miracle. Now, remember, this happened again, make-believe, in the Jordan River when they got the Promised Land because the Jordan River split too. Well, remember, it's flowing, so one of it went down this way, but up here it dried off. And they were told to get stones out of it in the middle of it. And then when they got done, they took stones and stuck it in the middle of the Jordan River. You can go out there and find it somewhere. It's there. Okay. So the people of Israel walked through dry ground. Then the Egyptians followed them behind the walls of water. Boy, the Egyptians, a bunch of dummies along the bottom of the sea, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen. Now think about this, and, the, and we hear this story, and you got enemies too. God says, I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. Wow. Remember this reason the Bible says, vengeance is mine. He'll take care of it. But in the morning, Jehovah looked down from the pillar of cloud upon the array of the Egyptians and began to harass them. Praise God. Their chariot wheels began coming off <laughs> so that their chariots scraped along the dry ground. Now, the King James says that they drove hard. So have we lost it here in the Living Bible? No, it's easy. I, they drove hard. i gotta, I got to drive hard to work. Well, that'd be because your wheels fell off and you're, <laughs> you're scraping along the ground. Okay, let's get out of here, the Egyptians yelled. Jehovah is fighting for them against us. When all the Israelites were on the other side, the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand. Remember this. This is the end of that one. Look at that. So that the waters will come back over the Egyptians and the chariots and the horsemen. Moses did and the sea returned to normal in the morning light. The Egyptians tried to flee, but the Lord drowned them in the sea. The water covered the path and the chariots and the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that chased after Israel through the, through the sea. Not one remained alive. Wow, the people of Israel had walked through on dry ground. The waters had been walled up on either side. Thus Jehovah saved Israel from the Egyptians. And the people of Israel saw the Egyptians dead, washed up on the seashore. What a mess. When the people of Israel saw this mighty miracle the Lord had done for them against the Egyptians, they were afraid and revered the Lord and believed in Him and His servant Moses. 
for a few days. <laughs> you know, because next thing happens, there ain't no water out here. But that was awesome. Now let me close with something else that's awesome. Timeline here. Book of John. Chapter 18. Am I there? Let's see. 19, excuse me. 20, excuse me. <laughs> okay. Early Sunday morning, it was still dark. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. Now, Richard, this is mythological. Oh, please. That's the reason we're having trouble. The tomb, and she found the stone was rolled aside from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and, uh, and me, that's John, and said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. I don't know where they put him. That's what she thought. Nobody told her that. That's just what she thought. The stone was rolled away. Hey, the dead guy's gone. Somebody stole him. We ran to the tomb to see. I, John, I outran Peter, got there first, and I stooped in and looked and saw the linen cloth lying there. Was he naked? They took him naked. They had him wrapped up two days ago, three days, whatever. But I didn't go in. Simon Peter, he arrived and went on inside. He also noticed something. What did he notice? He tells us. The cloth lying there. While the swath that covered Jesus' head, what do they call it today? They're all going, oh, we found this thing. Quit watching that. Read the story about that. You know, as though that thing, remember the, the, the story of the, um, the serpent that Moses lifted up in the wilderness? Those bozos were worshiping that thing 200 years later. Oh. Okay, wait. The swath that covered Jesus' head was rolled up in a bundle and was lying at the side. How did he come out of that? <laughs> okay, anyway, we know. Then I went in too and saw, look at this, and believed. That's what's important about what we just read about Moses. Saints, we, we, we didn't stay with the Lord, okay? We believe. <laughs> okay, watch this. Then I went in and saw too and believed that he had risen. For unto then we, had, we, uh, we hadn't realized the scriptures that he had come to life again. Although he'd been saying it, I'll be killed, and on the third day I'll rise again. I'll be killed, on the third day I'll rise again. He didn't say, I hope, you know. Watch this. Look at this, look at this happen here. We went on home. And by that time, Mary had returned to the tomb and was standing outside crying. As she wept, she stooped and looked in. Oh, please, all this fake stuff. God. Well, you need this to establish a religion. You got to have, you got to have super. This is a, this is reported. She looked in and saw two white-robed angels sitting at the head and foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Now, let me back out a second. Go to the Old Testament, all the stories we see. Those angels look just like this. Okay. Why are you crying, the angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied. I don't know where they put him. She glanced over her shoulder and saw someone standing behind her. It was Jesus. Golly. She didn't recognize him. And now he's talking. Why are you crying? He asked her. <laughs> Imagine that. Now he knows who he is. He just knows she don't. Who are you looking for? How many times your parents or somebody fooling you and saying, what are you missing? You got your keys hanging here. You looking for your car keys? She, said, she thought he was the gardener. Sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll go get him. Remember, she's crying too. Okay. And he just says, Mary, come on. Mary, wake up. She turned toward him. Master, she exclaimed. 
don't touch me. Now, this is so important to know. This is another, I mean, they could have just said, wow, he's alive. This is another thread of the truth of what took place. Don't touch me, he cautioned, for I'm not yet ascending to the Father. Well, he wasn't going to ascend till about six weeks from now. As a matter of fact, in a few more verses, he's going to tell Thomas to touch him. This transaction was fixed to take place in the next few minutes. For I've not yet ascended to my Father, but go tell my brothers and tell them that I ascended to my Father. Look at that. Unto my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Oh, we are so involved in this together. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and said, Man, I've seen the Lord. That evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors in fear of the Jewish leaders. See, they were scared. Suddenly, Jesus was standing among them and greeted them. He showed them his hands and his side and how wonderful their joy was that they saw their Lord. Unbelievable, isn't it? Well, I know in my book, I had trouble with this until I found out this is what happened. Praise the Lord. He spoke to them and said, as my Father has sent me, so I send you, I'm sending you. And then he said he breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. If you forgive someone's sins, they're forgiven. Now look at this. History, history, history. One of the disciples, Thomas, the twin, was not there. When they kept telling him, man, we've seen the Lord. We have seen him. Oh, I won't believe until I see the, the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers in them and place my hands in his side. I will not believe that that happened to Israel and Pharaoh, you know, because I just wasn't there. You know, I just don't know. Yeah, There's other ways to convince yourself. First off, just, to, just take for granted your assumption, we like to say, is this had to be so. I'm going to dig around and find out. And you'll find out. Don't Google it. They'll say, oh, no, it never happened. And notice he said, I'm not going to believe until I see his hands, the prints, and all this kind of stuff. Oh, no, eight days later. Oh, my gosh. Somebody told Jesus. No, Jesus knew. The doors were locked. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there before him. He said, look at this. He just came right to him. He said, Thomas. You can't go nowhere. You can't have a thought without me knowing it. He knew. He said, hey, look, reach hither. Let's read it. Put your finger in my hands. Put your hand in my side. That'd be nasty. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord, my God, Thomas said. Jesus said, now here's where we are. You believe because you've seen me. Now, we didn't see Pharaoh and all that stuff. And we didn't see Jesus. But we've made some decisions, haven't we? Haven't we? Look at this. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. Look at this. Jesus' disciples saw him do more miracles than the ones about in this book. But these are recorded. That's the reason your Bible's history. So that you might believe in the Messiah. Let's stop right here. And that believing in him, you might have life. These things happen, praise the Lord. That's the reason there's so much jealousy in this world, trying to knock out Genesis, trying to knock out what happened in Egypt, trying to knock out the Israeli nation today. We don't need them. We got a group of scientists today that are trying to separate God from their science. And that's the reason where we got all this evolution junk coming in. Because they, their purpose. Do you know Darwin? He, do you know Darwin went to seminary? That's where he was ticked off. He didn't want in part to do with God. Anyway, Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. If, you're, if we're having trouble financially, you'll take care of that. And if there's some other problem out there, praise the Lord. You raised from the dead and brought the Egyptians all, I mean, brought the Israelis out. You'll take care of us. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others about the great things you're doing in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Mm.